Hi, I'm Dr. V. And I'm Dr. A. Two docs on a mission to answer your burning questions about burning sensations and all things science. This is What the Woo. I was at the uh, I was at the grocery store the other day, and I haven't done this. Like, I this is the first time I've gone to the grocery store in forever. So I've been quarantined. I'm like super healthy. Haven't been touching anything. And right as I got to the checkout, I got this tickle in my throat and I like haven't had one in like a month. I'm like, no, not right of all the places to start coughing like, <laughs> yeah, at the terrible. checkout in the grocery store. She would have been like, <sighs> right. Which is why I use my inhaler. Like I've had the same fucking cough since, oh, I don't know, November. And yeah. I'm like, no, I know it's not coronavirus, but I also don't want to be coughing, you know, for our no, listeners. I don't want that. That public shaming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how I would have caught Corona. So except a couple dates. (laughs) (laughs) So you were talking about the grocery store though. And I left and went to the grocery store for like the first time. Oh, hi, Ollie. North Dakota. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I can't tell the difference. Oh no, you should be able to, but he's the real barky asshole. Uh, aren't they all? Uh, okay. So, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I went to the grocery store for like the first time in like six weeks, a couple weeks ago. Cause I think I'm on lockdown for almost two months now. Cause I started locking down before everyone else did. Um, right. yeah, it was like a whole new world. I, yeah, it's very dystopian yeah. when they're like, Oh, Because I remember the first time shelves were kind of empty. Like this was before the lockdown. I was like, this is creepy. I've never seen this before in my life. And then everybody said, oh, it'll only be a week or two. Um, And it's not, you know, it's like all of a sudden we're living in Handmaid's Tale. I was like, oh, I hope they have flour today. Blessed be the fruit. (laughs) Fruit, they have fruit. P.S. I can't get flour still. So- No. So I have to trade with my friends. Um, and, and thank goodness I have like 50 fruit trees on my property because I'll like text my friend, Amy and be like, okay, I know you love blood oranges, girlfriend. What do you got for me? Those were good. Your blood oranges are fantastic. <laughs> yes. They are. So I got, uh, she Plus brought me like, fruit. <laughs> seriously, she got me bread flour, tomatoes, and, um, and then she also brought me uh, tomato starts because I can't buy plants to plant in my garden right now. Does she like have an inn for flowers somewhere that we don't know about? No, um, she literally raided her pantry. That's how much okay. she wanted my fruit. Wow. Because <laughs> I was like, do you mind just like stopping by a grocery store and picking me up a couple things? She's like, well, number one, uh, none of my grocery stores have anything you want. And number two, I have an extra five pound bag of flour. You want it? Oh, that's nice. And she's like, oh, but it's bread flour. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what I want. That's what we want. Have, <laughs> yeah. Don't you know about the bread lines? We're going next. <laughs> don't you know I've been making a sourdough starter for the last three weeks? So, yes, yeah. I did too. I did too with your fruit and it worked. I mean, it mine with raisins uh, because the the Twitter feed we both were looking at said either fruit or dried fruit. And I was like, well, I'll do raisins. But how come I trust your fruit and you don't? <laughs> oh, wait, is this something I don't know? I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, I was a little, I don't know. I thought, oh, I, I just thought that I maybe. I will say, 
I just like, thought the raisins would have more yeast than the the fruit, and I knew that I would fuck it up. I've done commercial starters before, and they usually like they don't smell like anything, and then they smell like sourdough. Um, when you use your own like fresh fruit, it goes through a rank phase of like, <laughs> yeah. and I I just kept going like on faith, but it just smelled like rotting lemonade for four days. Oh, this is my- interesting. Yeah, uh, my raisins, uh, they went through a like, um, they, they smelt like how my vineyard smelt last year when I had, um, when I had, what, God, what the hell is it called? Bunch rot. Okay. And, oh, that and sounds I, delightful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's when the native yeast go crazy on your fruit and, um, and it smells like dirty fungus feet like rotten mm. fungus feet. Imagine like the worst 13 year old boy coming home after va- basketball practice. That's what it smelled like. And you persisted. Never yeah. <laughs> proud I, of you. I mean, I was desperate for yeast. Right. So desperate. desperate times. I don't, I am so confused by the world right now. I mean, it, it is so confusing. I, I don't, yeah. I can't get my head around this strange world we live in. It's like dead silent in our neighborhood. But then, you know, I, I had to get on the freeway for something. I was like, this is like normal freeway traffic. I, but then you get back into this like dystopian hellscape as soon as you get off there. Like, I don't know where all those it's people so are going. Weird. But in my no, there can't quiet. be, there can't be that many essential workers. There really can't. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird and it's it's strange. And so I was in the sprouts. So they didn't have flour. Um, and it was in the afternoon. So I figured we wouldn't. And right. the, the girl at the counter tells me through her mask, like, hey, did you find everything? I was like, everything except flour. But, you know, I know we're in nightmare times right now. And she's like, okay, check it out. One o'clock tomorrow. No yeah, way. Shipment coming in. Yeah. So she gave me like the in. Dude. Oh my but then gosh. I didn't go because I had calls, you know, I'm like, you know it. what, this work thing's really putting a crimp in my like pioneer days. I'm telling you, like it's, I've been busier than I've been forever. And I think that's because like, this is how I normally work from home. And so for other people, it's like a rare thing, but all of a sudden everyone else is home too. So now they want to talk to me on zoom oh. every day. And I, I have to friggin put on makeup every day and brush my hair every day. And I don't think I'm so resentful. I am so resentful of the fact that my husband's been home for a month and he has like an eight o'clock meeting and he rolls out of bed at seven fifty-five. <laughs> he can wear a t-shirt too. Cause he works in tech. I guess they don't care. Um, and yeah. he just, you know, does the little fingers through the hair and, and he's good to go. I'm like, I, ugh, I'm at least 45 minutes of prep just oh, yeah. to show my face on video. Right. Because I actually have to care what my makeup looks like now because these lights are not, they're not, they're forgiving. not forgiving. No, no, they're, they're terrible. Not forgiving. And I'm, I was in a panic yesterday. So I texted my hairstylist because I was like, dude, I got another zoom meeting and yeah. these roots are like two inches long. Now we got to do something about that. And, um, yeah, yeah. You see that yours, yours aren't bad. Mine. Oh, you can't see, but there's spot. Oh yeah. You can see right there. Look. Okay. Oh no, yeah. They're not bad though. I feel like mine are long. I have more roots than you do. I was oh. due for a color when the corn, like I had a appointment for the following week. 
Oh no, um, your roots don't look bad because you have color on your roots. My roots right. are all freaking gray. I look like an 80 year old woman under this color. Just, just that one part. <laughs> just like the first front but, six inches of my hair. The gray's <laughs> in right now. Like you're on point. So. Gray's in when it's your whole head. <laughs> Not- I, will, I will tell you like of all the things, um, so I can manage, you know, whatever, but you know, I have a, I have a doodle and one of the things about doodles is they, they don't have normal like dog coats. They have that, like they have an undercoat that mats really easily. Mm-hmm. And I'm not good at grooming the dog. So we, we have a groomer come to the house cause he's a spaz and you know, she cuts him every three weeks. And so it was like two and a half weeks lockdown and, and she's not working. So we're six weeks out and, and he's a mess. He's like a, he's a total hot mess. And when they get to that point, there's nothing to be done except to shave him. Uh-huh. And just gonna like start all over. So now I'm looking at this like, well, technically dog grooming is not an essential service. No. But he's also matted and I can't, can't do it. So I'm like, oh God. Uh I have clippers if you don't, but I feel oh, like I do too, as but a good veterinarian, you should. Uh, yeah, I have clippers. It's just, you know, even that I, I only shave like a an inch or two at a time. I don't shave whole dogs. Right. Yeah. Doodles and turd balls. So anyway, it's so funny, right? Like we've got all this education, you and I, and, and people assume like we can do a lot of things and we probably can, but, um, the basic shit I can't do like, you know, like shaving. Okay. I can shave. Yeah. For surgery. But can I shave a whole animal? Fuck no. Well, I wouldn't even consider that basic, you know, like it really is an art when you look at all the stupid cuts that groomers have to memorize, like a schnauzer versus a Maltese. And like, I don't care. I'm like, just cut what you think needs to be cut. But, you know, when you have people that are really particular, they all have an absolute heart attack. Um, And for us, you know, when we... And I know it's the same for you, except we have it a lot more. When you're shaving, like you need to get as much hair off as possible so that it's sterile. And like people aren't that hairy unless they're like Robin Williams. Sometimes they're hairy, but like <laughs> dogs are always hairy. And right. so, you know, if somebody shows their dog and you shave off too much and it's not going to grow back and they get really upset with you. So yeah. like it, I just, I didn't think about it, you know? And so our, our techs and our groomers are really good at that, but there've been times where, you know, I've been in a hurry. So I've just shaved the dog myself. It's a total hack job. You know, it looked like he got eaten by moths. <laughs> and then the technician will take the dog on, have to apologize. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm sorry. This, the doctor the did this. My doc, the doctor did this. And they're like, Oh God, dude, I let was... her know not to do that again. <laughs> See, this is where I, um, I'm lucky to be a human doc because they changed our standards for us. So we're actually not supposed to shave, uh, people for suturing anymore. Really? We're, yeah, we're supposed to, um, suture it's in more him. irritating. Yeah. It okay. increases the risk of infection in humans. Like, I feel like, but we're also not licking our wounds. So, you know, there's that. There's that. (laughs) Yeah. So they're like, oh, we can, it's better to just, uh, you know, sew in a little bit of hair, no big deal. It'll fall off eventually. And then we don't have a monster infection. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. So yeah. When's this lockdown going to end? 
never. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to catch up on some reading materials. Because uh, okay. I, I haven't gotten, I don't have a lot of time to read. And I like to check out books from the library. They get delivered to the Kindle. Um, and there was this book that I heard was really good. And so I requested it back in January. Uh, it's called Station Eleven. Oh, I haven't heard it's of it. A, and it showed up in my Kindle finally. Like I, I made it through the wait list and it showed up a couple days ago. I'm like, okay, time for, you know, some escapism. What is this book about that everybody's been talking about and raving? And it is about a pandemic. <laughs> ah, shit. <God> damn it. <laughs> Wipes out 99% of the population. Like, <laughs> Right. So there's no escaping. No. There's no, there's uh, no escape. No. There's no escape. And, you know, the one thing... And this was, it was interesting because I, I actually, I enjoy those movies like Contagion and, you know, all um, of those movies, but they're, they're very like action oriented. And what I liked about Station Eleven um, is that it's very people oriented. It talks about like relationships and, and like how do relationships break and reform uh, when Mm -hmm. everything, you know, has, has changed and everybody, you know, died, you know? And so Mm, that's was, a little close to home. Yeah, I know. I know. And it was, it was interesting and, and depressing, but the thing I think that stood out the most and like, I, I closed the book and then I was just like in a really weird mood. You know how, when it's mm-hmm. something really affects you, um, I was thinking about that, like how much all of our relationships, um, are changing because of this. And, and the thing that I think spooks me the most is how quickly everything changes. And, and the books always yeah. say that, and it always seems like it's fiction, but like how quickly our entire world changed and we've already accepted it. Um, yeah. And our, you know, cause we're resilient and we have to be, but it's weird. Like you take, you don't realize how much you take for granted, I guess, like being able to find yeah. flour. <laughs> yeah. But also like, okay. So you just said everybody's accepted it, but I don't think well, everybody has. That's true. And that's the problem. Like, uh, so, you know, I think we've talked about, um, I'm dating again. And so there's dating apps and, you know, the dating apps are blowing the fuck up since the pandemic. Right. Really? Oh yeah. Like I've been reading all of these things about it. Um, and actually from one of my dating apps, they actually sent me a notice a couple weeks ago that was like, um, we're happy that you're connecting with people, but remember you shouldn't meet in person till this is all over. Like the dating apps are even recognizing that like, like we don't want mo- this on our hands. No, and we've no. got more to worry about than just chlamydia here, you know? Right. Like, yeah. People are would be die. welcome compared to COVID. I know. And you know, I've got a few guys that I've been talking to and it amazes me because some of them are like, okay, so like I'm free this weekend. I'm like, well, I'm free this weekend too, but that doesn't mean we're going to see each other. That's crazy. No, no. And we're like, and we're in a mandatory lockdown state. Oh, it's, I know. It's like, is hooking up an essential service now? Well, uh, uh, depends who you talk to. Yeah, exactly. It depends <laughs> on who you ask. But like, so that person who's so cavalier is obviously the last person you want to be talking to because clearly, like, they're just out and about COVID it, COVIDing it. Yeah. Can you say that? Is that a verb? I mean, is COVIDing that a verb? it up? It's kind of great. Yeah. No, I'm COVIDing was- it up. 
That was the thing is I was asking him, I was like, so what are you doing? And he's like, oh, it's pretty much business as usual over here. He's in the military. Uh And I'm, Uh yeah. Well, okay. So, and military is an essential service. Um, And also, also ground zero in California. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like he's at, he's at one of our Southern California bases that has been where we're storing people off of like yeah exactly or, or COVID where not anymore did well, you yeah. oh so that was the other thing that was so creepy right like the first people that got diagnosed who came off the cruise ships you know they were put in quarantine and there were these negative pressure rooms and and all this stuff and then a few weeks later like everybody just kind of gave up like by the time the last <laughs> ship steamed into San Diego I was like oh lock the doors because they were they basically pulled up they had gone through the Panama Canal this boat and, and they were rushing to get everyone off before anybody was diagnosed. And so they nice. steam in, they throw down the anchor, and they just throw everybody off the ship. Like, because we haven't tested anyone positive, but I don't think they were testing at all. And right. so all these people are getting in Ubers and going to the airport or like, oh, San Diego, let's check Shit. it out. Even oh, though nothing's it's so open. Bad. It's so fucking bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and you've seen like all of the protesters lately, right? That are like, you can't lock us down. You're taking away our freedoms, uh, you know, bad government. Uh, and then I was looking up some of our uh, COVID stats for this week. Mm-hmm. And I came across an article talking about the pockets of infection in San Diego. Okay. And uh, yeah, they're all in all of the conservative areas. Ramona, Poway, La Mesa, Oceanside. (laughs) Well, and the the protests were last weekend. So we we expect that what we're seeing right now is is the positives from the protests. Yeah. Or before the protests, like, right, they were symptomatic. Mm -hmm. Like they were shedding at the protests and didn't know it. So this group testing positive are all the people who are shedding. And so I think probably in another week, all their buddies are going to get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and in another week, our ICUs are going to be packed with people dying. Yeah. And it's you know, crazy. It, it's the thing that's so interesting to me is how utterly predictable every single one of these things is. And yet people have chosen to believe like, you know, people pick and choose the facts that they want to believe. And I don't like, you can't really do that. You know, the the facts are the facts. And I think, you know, we all know in our heart of hearts that the epidemiologists are the ones who actually know what they're doing. And they said over and over and over, if this works, it's going to look like we're overreacting and And we want that. And it, People say we're overreacting, um, but instead of saying thank you so much um, for keeping us safe, they're doing the zombie movie thing. You saw that picture where the people are like, I think it was in Ohio, where they were on the mirror going, ah, (laughs) they look like, they look like something from The Walking Dead. You want that to be your legacy? You're the zombie lady? And and let's let's wait. Let's wait for her obituary. It'll be coming in two weeks. It's so crazy to me. It like... It's overwhelming. Um, I was on a, a physician, like a private physician group that um, is kind of front lines physicians. And uh, they were In talking, California or everywhere? Uh, yeah, it's actually national. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they were talking and, and someone had pointed out, they're like, you know, uh, we get 
uh, like 40,000 or 45,000 deaths from influenza every year. And, you know, we're talking about that um, confirmed in the night, the United States, we're at about 45,000 right now. And so they're like, but I'm, I'm concerned because, you know, every year during influenza, I usually don't know someone who has died. And now, right now, I can tell you off the top of my head, you know, like a handful of people that have died or are on their way. And they're like, so, so what's going on here? Like, I'm confused. If it, is it a reporting issue? Whatever. And, you know, a lot of docs were chiming in and they said, number one, the influenza stats are spread out over three to six months. Right. These are our numbers over four to six weeks. Like, yeah. so already we've got it more concentrated. And then also we're not testing everybody because right. we don't need to, right? Um, we couldn't, even if we, we wanted to. No, we can't. And, and so, you know, we're getting a lot of deaths that are not classified as COVID deaths, but we all know they are. Um, yeah. And it's just crazy to me because, you know, yeah, people can say that this is a conspiracy, but it's not. It's just the logistics of the fact that we are, we have a concentrated disease right now that's killing off massive amounts of people in a matter of weeks instead of months. I don't know what to tell. I mean, there, there is nothing you can do to tell somebody who's made up their mind, either because they haven't seen COVID in their area or it's not affecting someone they know or, yeah, it's it's just very, very strange to me. And, and I understand. I understand that there are some extraordinarily painful economic impacts that this is having. Um, yes. I, I think everybody is, you know, really um, concerned and, and worried about that. But to hear people in positions of power and influence saying this is an acceptable trade-off, like to me, that's the moment when your society crumbles. Um, when you say, here you know, it's hunger games time, right? Here's my sacrifice, grandma, grandpa, and the unfortunate 35 year old who, who reacted to this. I saw something in, um, I think it was in Washington post where they were talking about, they just had some autopsy results come back from three people who died in early February in Santa Clara here in California that tested positive for COVID. And so this was a month before the first actual confirmed case, right? You know, this has been around a lot longer than, than we realize, And, the doctors are finding that um, a lot of people, like, you know, it's a respiratory disease, but there's all these weird other things that are happening as well. People are having heart attacks and strokes and blood clotting mm-hmm. issues like the, um, the Broadway encephalitis. After. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's doing all sorts of crazy things. And so there's a lot of people that are dying at home or of things that are seem unrelated that are actually COVID deaths as well. So this is a scary, scary, scary disease. And, you know, yeah, for it everybody, affects almost every organ system right now we're seeing. Yeah. And, and I just scary. don't, I, I know it's like, it's in, like, there's no good resolution to any of this. Like there's no resolution where everybody gets their job back and is also COVID free. Um, yeah. But it just makes me really, really sad that a group of the cohort has decided um, that we're going to have to sacrifice a few people because they're never the ones who sacrifice themselves. Like not once have I seen somebody say, I'm willing to die. 
for the so economy. So have you seen everything going around on the Facebook groups that are like, you have a right to protest, but since then, how about you carry this card? And the card is basically that um, if I show up with COVID symptoms, you do not have to treat me and I'm a DNR because I chose yeah. to risk my life for this. And yours. As a healthcare and everybody's provider. Lives. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing is like to be like, Hey, I was out protesting. Clearly I got COVID and I'm willing to respect you as a healthcare provider enough to not put you at risk to try to save my life. You know? Yeah. None of them. No do. one's going to do it though. No, no, they don't. Because all of a sudden they realize, Oh, <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> like, this was real. Or the yeah. person who was protesting saying COVID is a lie. And they were protesting in a full hazmat suit. Like, I saw that. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. if it's a lie, why any PPE? Why? I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were survivalists. I thought you guys were like, this was the moment you've been waiting for. And now all you want yeah. is the right to get your hair cut. And then go to well, and I was really impressed that my local uh, grocery store, like they, they took some measures. Like now there are signs outside that say, if you don't have face covering, you will not be allowed in the store, which, okay, that's a big deal. Um, the other thing is they have made all of the aisles one way aisles. So yeah. So they have a, a path marked through the, um, store so that you're not, um, getting, you know, exposed to people unnecessarily. Um, they have only one line to do the checkouts and then they have people uh, from there uh, kind of sending you to different actual checkout lines. Like it's Ikea, go to aisle Exactly. But it's like to avoid so that you can socially distance in line, but then you don't have someone in the aisle next to you who's actually only three feet away. Um, They just did a lot of stuff and they're like wiping down the uh, shelves while I was there. Um, and everyone's in such a good mood, like all of the grocery workers, everyone I came up to, I said, Hey, thank you for continuing to work. I really appreciate that you're here for me. And through their mask, it, it looked like they were smiling. (laughs) I'm sure they were. (laughs) Um, uh, That's exactly what they're thinking. No, but everyone was like really great. And I just was impressed that, that, Vaughn's on El Norte Parkway in Nordahl is doing the right thing because a lot of other places aren't. And, right. um, and, and grocery stores really are going to be your major pocket of infection. We've already seen it. We have grocery store yeah. workers that are testing positive almost everywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the part that's kind of scary about the food supply is, uh, you know, the first week or two, yes, you could order. And that was a great, you know, alternative, but good luck. It's like winning the lottery, getting an Amazon delivery spot now. Oh like yeah. So I, out. I've been like buying so many non-perishables and just knowing that like, okay, eggs and milk probably aren't going to happen in my world, um, for a really long time. That's fine. Um, yeah. It's all scary. I don't think this is going to change for a really long time. Um, I don't think so either. Um, what was I reading the other day? It was it was a guy who's a, another epidemiologist expert. And he said, we're like in the second inning of nine. Like this yeah. is the first wave. And then the head of the CDC said yesterday, we're going to have a second wave most likely. And it's going to be a lot bigger. Like, oh, great. 
It's like that tsunami in Phuket where like the first wave came in and it was awful. And then the water went out and everybody's like, oh, thank God. And then another wave came in and it was even worse. Like, oh my God. Mm. Well, and on that note, I think that we should let our listeners know about masks and how important they are and why. I mean, do you think? I Yeah, I, we can. I mean, I, I think anybody listening to this podcast at this point in things would not have to be convinced, but maybe we can give them some talking points that they can share with their stupider. Yeah, of course. Colleagues. Yeah. Our <laughs> listeners are smart, but we've all got stupid friends. Yeah. So I just think that it's important for us. Like I keep reading on Nextdoor where they're like, we don't need to wear our, those stinking masks and all that. And, um, you know, it, some people are like, but I want to be protected. Um, and I think it's important to realize, like, when you're wearing your homemade mask, you're not protecting yourself. No. Not at all. Like, those things are barely covering your face. There's no seal. Um, but the reason why you wear it is to protect everybody else from you. Yeah. And you're minimizing how much virus you're spewing all over them if you happen to be infected. Absolutely. If you're you're asymptomatic. Yeah. Like if you're an asymptomatic spreader or if you just haven't gotten your symptoms yet and, you know, and you think you're healthy, but you caught it from, you know, I don't know, uh, your your significant other or whatever. I've seen a ton of things on social media demonstrating sort of how the more people in your interaction are wearing masks, the more it's reduced. So what is it that you think people should know? Well, I just think that um, we all need to realize I'm going to protect you from me if I wear my mask. You're going to protect me from you if you wear your mask. The more people we that wear masks, uh, we're going to end up getting kind of a, a herd protection. Um, have, have we heard about herd protection before, maybe? Just <laughs> sometime in season yeah. one. I think we spoke I, about I believe. it extensively. When we're like... <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Like, you know, we just need a real good pandemic for people to understand. Like, oh, God, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I know. Shit. Shit. But we're like prophets. We said we're going to get a pandemic. People aren't protecting. As are all scientists. They're not prophets. They just know facts and patterns. Right. I know. I I have an N95. I do. Uh, And I didn't. It looks like a maxi pad. <laughs> it kind of feels like one a little bit too. I can hear it like scrunching. So yeah. what is it now? This If somebody's not, people are going to be listening and not watching. So. Right. So uh, this, this is what's called an N95 mask. They're known for being really tight weed and also fitting on your face really nicely. Uh, you showed me a mask that was more like your typical surgical mask, which is really just to stop spit from spreading. Yep. Um, which it's functioning the exact same way as like all those people making masks in their house. Um, but the big thing is, is when you put on your mask, you know, I'm putting it on for our video people. I'm going to just like you're ready to do some drywall. It, yeah, it looks like I'm going to go paint my house. Actually, I'm going to paint my house. Um, oh my God. It's like a little snout. Can you you (laughs) draw a little snout? I know. I know. Yeah. So I'm going to take this off because no one needs to see this on video anymore. Uh, I'm going to say it's because our audio just went down with my mask, but let's be real. No one needs to see that mask. Um, And so for, um, for surgical masks, a lot of people have these, um, and 
you know, you're looking at this little stiff thing at the top and not really knowing what to do. So this is a flat mask. And if you just put it on your face, it's not really going to conform the way that that N95 would. So that little bendy thing that's like a pipe cleaner at the top is what you squish over your nose. So it actually fits. Mm-hmm. And a lot that's of these masks- That's what you're sneezing in. Exactly. Um, and then a lot of these masks have like a white side and then a side that's maybe blue or yellow. And it's so that you remember which side is out because that's the gross side. Um, or actually, if you're infected, the inside side is the gross side. So you just, you want to put the white side next to your face um, just because that way you're being consistent. And, and also um, what's key and what, what I'm not seeing happening out on the streets is uh, we don't need to touch our masks, right? Uh, because in theory, for the people that aren't wearing masks, they're coughing and now you have respiratory droplets on the outside of your mask. And so if you touch your mask, now your hands have coronavirus on them. Uh, or you see people like, they just tie part of it. So the bottom's like free flowing or they yeah. wear it, they can't breathe. Under their nose. It's working. So they, they leave their nose hanging out, which completely, yeah, like you don't, yeah. No. Uh, the other thing is that what we do know is that likely this virus can go through um, what's called conjunctiva. So that's basically like all of your mucous membranes in your eyeballs as well or around your eyes. So I do suggest if you're a glasses wearer to keep wearing your glasses. Uh, when you go out on a walk outside, wear sunglasses, some sort of eye protection. I know crazy, right? No, you just got super loud. Oh, did I? That's weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm really worked up about it. Maybe. And then you got normal again. Yeah. It was like the voice of God. Don't get wear your glasses. (laughs) Thank you God for making what I'm saying important. (laughs) And, And again, you know, Brian said this to me two months ago, like people knew about this stuff. It's just Mm -hmm. You know, nobody, it's like that scene in Jaws, like the mayor's out there going, let's keep our beaches open. Like it's, it, we're li- like, that's literally happening in Florida. Let's keep the beaches open. They just not, opened them. I think they did like yesterday or the day before. The and day now, before. yeah. And then people flocked there and I'm just going to wait till this weekend when there's a spike in their coronavirus numbers. I like, wait, did you not literally see what happened with spring break like three weeks ago? People forget. And also like life is inconvenient. I get it, but hello, you know, what's going to be more inconvenient when you're dead dying. Yeah. So, you know, and that might be interesting um, because I, you know, doctors can't show a lot of videos with, you know, patients are protected as they should be um, by HIPAA and privacy rights. But I'm not sure people understand like how awful it is to die alone with yeah. blood coming out of your nose. And you, know, <clears throat> you hear this talk about people being proned. So they're like laying on their stomach, right? So they can't right. even see anything. And they're like breathing at the floor and they're sedated. and they're <sighs> like, It's feel- not pleasant. Yeah, I'll say that I have a couple very close friends who are ICU nurses taking care of coronavirus patients right now. Um, They aren't, like, family's not allowed to visit to say goodbye. Um, You know, the best you can do is phone calls, but when you're sedated and on a ventilator, you're not having a phone call. Um, Yeah, and uh, it's, yeah, they're, they're laying on their bellies. They're getting rotated a lot. 
Um, and uh, it, the death is like drowning if you're dying from the from the lung complications. It's not good, people. Like uh, the fact that uh, I have to wear a mask all the time or you have to stay home, it is worth it to not have to do this and not have to do that death and not also to have your friends and family die that way. Yeah. And that's the part, like you hear all these people giving these weird excuses, like, well, you know, the risk is low, the blah, 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 the this, that, and the other. And it's like, when you don't know that really, Mm -mm. um, the risk is very high that you're going to catch it, whether or not you're symptomatic, we don't know, but the risk is extraordinarily high that if you're exposed to it, you're going to have the capacity to infect others. Regardless of whether or not you know it, we're, we're thinking what 60, 70% of the population is going to be exposed by the end of the year. So that's not true that you're not going to get infected. You may not get sick and you may not die. You might, because you may be that person who gets a blood cop, but you probably will get infected and you will kill other, like you are a murderer. Yeah. If, if you are being told that this is going to kill people, your choice is go to the beach and kill people or stay home and you don't get to go to the beach. And you don't kill people. And you're choosing to go to the beach. You're a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like, I don't know what else to say. There's you are nothing, ignorant, awful. There's nothing more. Person. There's nothing more to say. Don't be a garbage person. Don't Stay be home. a piece of shit. Stay home. Don't forget to subscribe to our WooCast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly on our website at whatthewoopodcast.com. You can email us at contact at whatthewoopodcast.com or go to our website and fill out the contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. What the Woo is an educational podcast and is not a substitute for professional care and advice. Please seek appropriate medical care for any health care concerns. Opinions expressed are solely those of the doctors and not those of any sponsors or employers. Thanks for listening. See you next time on What the Woo.